We all did each other's moms in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a cold open. Hello everyone and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vim the Human, sitting across the table from me. James Little, Alpha Spectre. Unfortunately, Dr. T. Neal and Boba Fett could not join us for this episode, but where you should join us is on our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics on Facebook, and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. You can also check out Subject to Change Entertainment on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe to that channel on YouTube and SoundCloud. You're checking this out somewhere. While here, why not like, comment, and and share. It is the only way to get us out in front of people, get us some exposure, and of course, all of our personal social media is down in the description below. Guys, we're doing a special one this uh, this time around because it is Mother's Day when this comes out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is coming out on Mother's Day. I don't think we're going to do our normal Monday upload with this one. We're going to put it out on the day, on the Sunday, which is the 14th? Yes. What is Mother's Day? We need to figure that what out. What is... Well, this has gotten off to a great start. <laughs> uh, anyways, before we get to the real bulk of this show, uh, what we really want to do with it, I thought it would be fun if we, we did a little something, because it's not the typical SMP. We're not going to have phone booth news or Fallen Heroes or anything like that in it. But I thought it would be cool if we just talked about some of our favorite... TV, movie, and comic book moms. Uh, maybe we'll cover a ground on each one, and then we'll get into the actual meat of the show. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Stop it. You had no business up there. <laughs> Apparently she disagrees. Anyways, yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's, uh, do you want to start TV, comics, movie? Let's start TV. Okay. We'll start with TV. I mean, that's a pretty broad. Oh, there's a lot. Like, really broad. And I guess we we don't really have to keep it to just the one. Like, I mean, we're probably going to come up with better ones as we're talking. I mean, mean, do do we want to categorize this? Like, TV moms that, like, we wish we were their kids. TV moms that we thought were hot. Okay, uh, t- well, <laughs> let's not make it gross. <laughs> For once, let's not make it gross, even though we already have, like, twice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's just talk about TV moms that we, we we felt a connection to, an emotional connection to. Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> or just, like, we even thought, like, oh, that's a really cool mom, really. Yeah. I guess you don't have to have cried in a moment or something. Just moms that you really enjoyed throughout the years on TV. Okay. Uh, starting, like, as, as a... <laughs> Let her out, please. Goddamn. Do you want to start this one over? No, we're, we're too far. Goddamn it. You just don't want to edit. I really don't. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> okay, from, like, kind of childhood-ish... Uh, a show that I always remember watching was Family Matters. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that like, I was sitting here trying to think. It's like, okay, Full House didn't really have a mom until nope. Becky showed up. She died. Uh, and then I was trying to think. Uh, step by step, there was Suzanne Summers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I can always remember watching Family Matters. I 
don't think I ever missed an episode. What was the the mom's name on there? Loretta? No. Was Loretta the daughter? No. There's a Loretta La- I know on that uh, show. Laura was the daughter. Laura was the daughter. I think it's Loretta. I can't remember. I think it's Loretta. I'm just going to go with that, but non-consequential, but the mom from Family Man. You know, the, the, granted, you know, a little bit of a, a different locale than my personal life and all that. Yeah. You know, dad wasn't a cop. I think she was a teacher or something. Well, yeah, there was no, like... You know, obviously, there's no, like, real, like I can't relate to that. Significant relatability But, like, yeah. that was one of those TV moms, like, I definitely grew attached to because, like I said, I don't think I ever hardly missed an episode of Family Matters. Okay. Uh, like, there were a lot of emotional times, like, very heartfelt uh, conversations with the kids. Right on. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Honestly, trying to think of just TV show moms, it's like, yeah, I can sit here and think, okay, Roseanne and stuff like that, but it's like not really a a heartfelt see, attachment. See, or... because mine was my my go to right now is Roseanne. Uh, now, I know that, is that from childhood or is that's that from childhood? The, it, the, uh, well, I mean, uh, all the way up, really, uh, because. Uh, aside from maybe the quick wittedness of all the her candor and mm-hmm. her ability to roast the people around her, uh, that was really kind of like the life I knew that lower middle class, lower class lifestyle. So the jokes resonated with me. A lot of them coming from Roseanne herself, uh, how she could be so mean. But it was rationalized, yeah. you know. Uh, it, it just it felt like my family. Like they, I could see myself in the show, and Roseanne was a huge part of that show, and conveying that uh, certain aspect of Western culture. Because yeah. at the time when that came out, that wasn't the kind of show you saw. You saw people with good jobs and a nice house and and stuff, and even though they would go through hard times and stuff, it was still one of those things where, like, fuck, I would really love to live in that world. And Roseanne was one of those, wow, I already know what that world is. Like, Like, they're speaking my language. I would have loved to have been a Matthews. Right? Uh, right, and, and uh, I, I can't really say I had too much of a connection to Corey's mom because Corey's mom was. There are a lot of episodes with her in it. But it she in wasn't it, but, really an astounding. Yeah, she, um, part of the I think show. the most established she ever got was maybe there's an episode where her and the dad are are like they end up in an argument because they're supposed to meet where they had their first date and she remembers it one way he remembers it another and it turns out she went to the restaurant that another dude took her for the first date yeah and uh oh, oh that's right the the place where i proposed to you and apparently another guy had proposed to her <laughs> and she thought it was that restaurant and stuff so I, I felt like that was the farthest we ever really got connected with those characters yeah um but his parents they were all right she was fun she was she was nice and stuff uh, we also had a lot of cartoon moms. As That's a kid. what I was about to say. Okay, what about cartoon moms? Yeah, um, Dexter's Lab. I think is the first one that comes up in my head. Uh, she was always so funny, and so it's. And the thing that was so funny about her was how oblivious she was, <laughs> how, how willingly oblivious she was. Because there's no way she, like, there's no way she goes through half of the situations she does in that 
that show without raising a question. But she's obviously chosen to let it go. She's got shit to do. We don't know what that shit is. We'll never see it. But, but she's she always doing had it. on an apron and gloves and she yep. was doing something. She's got somewhere to be. That's for sure. Uh, that So that was always a fun one. Uh, any, any you know, point out? Uh, Rugrats. Rugrats, yes. Like, and, um, and, there, and the the cool thing about that is there Dee Dee. so many. Yeah, Dee Dee. Like, Pickles. You had Dee Dee, you had uh, Phil and Lil's mom, you had Angelica's the, mom. The, the jazzercise type, like... Yeah. Oh, she was a feminist. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm only oh, yeah. just now thinking about this. She was a total <laughs> feminist. Um but she wasn't an in-your-face No. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, then you had the business career-oriented mm-hmm. mom, uh, Angelica's, yeah. So, there were I mean, a lot of a very different archetypes, a, a, a wide array of women yeah, on that then, show. Like, when Susie came into the fray, her mom. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, you had um, uh, Chucky's when stepmom. Chucky finally yeah, got a Chucky's stepmom, stepmom I don't know Asian. her name. Yeah. Uh, Don't say the Asian. Come on. <laughs> this isn't supposed to be that episode where you say something racist. <laughs> <laughs> Two fries. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, that was a uh, well-rounded cast of women. I'm yeah. only just now thinking of that. And, and I would love to go back and watch that show again and see like what subtleties I missed as yeah. a kid. And the thing is, like, especially during that show like you saw a lot of the aspects of the adult lives as well yeah. as the kids and lip shits was <laughs> yeah like, i'll never forget that the whole parenting guy and that is at least uh, like for some parents i know when we when we had our first child uh we, I, they put me in these classes and everything. I had to study all this different stuff. And I, was, I was quoting like, well, this actually isn't supposed to be, you know. And it was crazy. Uh, so lip shits has always been a thing mm-hmm. that stood out to me since then. And I was like, yep, got my own. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so, like, uh, that's probably the the best, like, mom-esque cartoon that I yeah. can think of. Yeah. Uh, Touching back a minute ago to the live action, uh, Lucille Ball. Oh yes, I would have Lucy. That. Oh wow. Well, and and here's the thing: you, you kind of forget that she's a TV mom because the way that show was structured, it was about her mishaps and adventures and uh, and, and stuff, and that rarely ever involved the kid. The kid just so happened well, to exist. I would say, yeah. like for the longest time, the the kid wasn't there like there was no kid yeah. for for more of the show for a lot of I, show, I think yeah. there was him in it but then like you could tell that things kind of switched gears and she did enter that mama and like i can remember there were some episodes where it was just like trying to do everything <laughs> like take care yeah. of the kid take care of the house trying to do this you know manage this everything and it was it was one of those like if only she had about six more hands, yeah. she could have taken care of everything. And I think I'm going to go ahead and destroy our uh, little structure of when we were kids to when we were adults thing right now. We're just going to talk about yeah. this. Uh, because another one that occurs to me is uh, Kitty Foreman from that yes. 70s show. Fuck. Kitty is one of my favorite TV moms of mm-hmm. all time, for sure. Because 
Um, it, it, there, there are times when she has that willful ignorance, but mm-hmm. there, are, you know, that she's keen to oh, everything. Yeah. There are times when she's adorable. There are times when she's ferocious. Um, there are oh, times when she just needs a drink. When she's throw, oh, she gets plenty of them. <laughs> trust me. Uh, that <laughs> the episode where where they're throwing a, bir- a surprise birthday party for Eric, and he knows, everyone else knows, and stuff. But Kitty is the only one trying to keep up the illusion, even. Ray like going like he doesn't want to party don't give it to him and stuff like there's a moment where he goes to the cabinet to get some cereal and she's like she runs over and she slams it she's like no no I'll get it I'll she like cracks it just quickly gets the cereal he goes to get in the fridge oh shit and she slams the fridge shut no no I'll get it she slowly gets the milk and so he's like mom did I see like 15 bags of M&M's in there and she's like there for your sister. <laughs> it's just, uh, and I, I, I've seen every episode of that show yeah. like seventy times each. But yeah, uh, Kitty Kitty Foreman is another great one. I, I uh, cannot argue with that at yeah. all. I think that you know, I, honestly, I, I think that's going to take my all-time favorite. Roseanne is all-time relatable, uh, damn close second, but all-time favorite probably Kitty Foreman. I'm probably right there with yeah. you, actually. And I know there's a, there's probably a lot of ground we're not covering here, but oh, that we I... don't want to make this like a full on like crazy long we episode. We can't like... cover every TV right. mom there ever was, and of all the TV we've seen, like I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we're not gonna talk about Mrs. Brady. Yeah, <laughs> should we talk about Mrs. Brady, the penal, uh, the the almost like, like considerably the... ultimate TV mom? I mean, no. I mean, uh, she's I like known it's... as Mrs. Brady. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> this, this isn't about like hey, the penultimate mom. Hey guys, we recognize she's the greatest. We're not going to talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to. Do you want to do comics next, or go right into TV? Because TV's the uh, we or just movies. TV. Because uh, movies is the big bad. That's I feel like that's the big one. Maybe not. I, 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 I feel know. like we started out the box hot with TV. I think we did. Yeah, we fucked up. Because <laughs> like the more I sit here, I'm like, man, Will's mom had a rough in Stranger Things. <laughs> oh my god, Will's mom. <laughs> when Nona Ryder all of a sudden is entering the game. Yeah, maybe we should have just talked about TV. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know yeah, if we have to, we'll okay. We'll we'll make TV an underline for the whole thing. If we want to bring up TV again later, we can. But let's move on let's, to comics. I was gonna say, let's quick. go comics. Let's go on to comics real quick. Uh, and I think, it, how can you deny Martha Kent? Martha yeah. Kent, I think, is is probably you don't have as much experience, no. so don't sit there and try and bullshit people. No, but you son of a bitch. I I can agree. You with Martha Kent, you being, lying piece of shit. Yeah, you know, I can agree with Martha Kent being the world's biggest whore. I could spit right in your face right now. <laughs> I will come right over this table. I'm sure you do. Uh, I was wondering what that white state was. <laughs> you already made that joke. Come on. <laughs> The last time I said I'd come over this table. God damn, get some new material. We only expect professional level shit from you on this show. And here you come in with the same joke. <laughs> hey, the rest of the episode is me berating you for 45 minutes. Gotta keep it consistent. Yep. 
Uh, anyways, yeah, I think Mar- Martha Kent is probably the standard. Um, Lois Lane is another great one, uh, but we've only really just gotten to meet Mom Lois Lane uh, for the past couple of years because there was that whole retcon. Uh, she was pregnant, and then the I think it was Crisis on Infinite Earths that undid all of that, and then it didn't come back into the fold until the Convergence event uh, what, three or four years ago, something like that. So, yeah, Lois Lane, uh, a pretty kick-ass mom, albeit... Um, a little neglectful these days. <laughs> well, you gotta think. Uh, Super- Superman's running around doing his thing. Lois Lane has started back at the planet. And you also do have to take into consideration that for years, like, the the bulk of John Kent's life, they were living in hiding on a farm and stuff, and they, they lived quietly. So, yeah, she has been a very hands-on mom in the formative years right. of this kid's life. So, okay, maybe I'm being a little too hard. So now now she wants her career back and stuff, and so that's understandable. How dare she? <laughs> uh, after we praised all the moms on... <laughs> Progress. We praise all of, all of those moms. How, Let's just shit on Kyle. How dare moms. one of the most career-oriented women ever created want a career? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I feel like Lois Lane, and it all, it's all stemming from the Superman universe, uh, Lois Lane, Martha Kent, my two big favorites right there. Um, you might know more, though, because you've read more independent comics. Well... See, there's gotta mine, be some moms in there. The, one of my favorites out of out of everything that I've read is, and, and unfortunately, her first name I cannot remember for the oh life my of God. me. Uh, Mark Grayson, Invincible, his mom. Okay, she puts up with so much. Like her husband and her son are both. Superheroes, and I and I have read some of this book, the early issues, maybe the, the first six or something like that. But um, yeah, I I loved her right away. Yes, I loved her yeah. right away because there's just this casual conversation about how the dad went to this different dimension and he fought this thing. She's like, "That's nice, dear. What did you do today?" And then he's talking about how his powers just came in. Uh, and everything, Invincible's talking yeah. about how his powers just came in and everything and stuff. And she's just carrying on this co- conversation like someone like someone went shopping and the other one had a math test. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, she, she finishes that conversation with, like, will you pass the potatoes? Mm-hmm. Like, so, and it's like, okay, so she, she has to deal with her teenage son going, like, getting his powers, becoming his own superhero. Yeah. Like, growing up, going to college, like, the things that happen in the book. I'm not... You know what? Fuck you. I'm giving you plenty of opportunities. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the shit that happens with Omni-Man and him, like, betraying Earth. And, you know, her husband abandons her. Like, everything Holy was... Holy shit! Like, her, her marriage was a lie to her and everything. Come to find out, it wasn't a lie... And, wow. like, deals with the loss that she has to deal with, the grandkids. Like, over 144 issues, these characters actually age. 15 years. They they grow, they change, and, like, you can see, like, she's affected by all of this. Yeah. Like, she's a pretty critical part of this book. 
Like he talks and to that's his mom pretty on big. a regular basis. Because I'm st- I'm sitting here, I'm trying to think of like these developmental moms in comic books and i'm coming up short uh i thought maybe the flash is and i was like yes he has a good relationship with her but how much do we know uh up to the point where she dies yeah uh, yeah a, a lot of them you never really hear much about their mother you always hear about their fathers yeah and now i <laughs> not to get all feminist on us like maybe that should fucking change like Maybe there's some well, character development to be fleshed out here. Like, uh, Miles Morales' mom, though, she does come to mind. Yeah. Uh, having read some of that story arc, um, she's a very caring, uh, worried woman. There's that His that grandma mom, is terrifying. His grandma, <laughs> Don't need that in my life. Uh, but no, she. Uh, there's that time when she gets the investigator, because mm-hmm. like, she knows that he's hiding something from her and yep. stuff. Um yeah, uh, so that's a very good comic book mom as well. Uh, anyone else you can think of? Yeah, and, uh, honestly, as far there's as comics, it's it really is a little bit bad. A lot of people's, a lot of comic book characters and heroes don't have moms. I mean, there's Spider Woman; she's a mother now. Yeah, um, um, I suppose is certain iterations I mean, of Wonder Woman is a mother. If you look at the Dark Knight universe, yeah. uh, you uh, could, I guess, consider Aunt May. You know his mother yeah, figures. Yeah, 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 and that's a really good one too. If you if you consider mother figures, Aunt May is a fantastic one, and not just as a uh, nurturing character, but eventually she goes on to create her own charitable foundation and stuff like that. So uh, she's also an, an entrepreneurial woman and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So she's a very very great character in that respect as well. Uh, yeah, but other than those, I, I'm I'm thinking. Moms are underrepresented in comic books. The the more you think about it, they yeah. are. I mean, you, maybe not so, independent, but we haven't well, read everything. You I know? mean, and that's the thing. Like, okay, we know Storm. She she becomes a mom at this some is point. True. Uh, but what do you really know about her being a mother? Yeah, yeah. you know, Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. Oh, she's awful. That's a yeah. bad example. <laughs> I mean, I'm just example. like labeling moms <laughs> yeah, and yeah, comics yeah. that come to mind. I'm yeah. not saying they're good or bad or anything. But it's, it's just like you, you try to sit and think, and it's it's hard. It is. It's a little barren. It, that is that is probably the more difficult one yeah. to, to answer here. Um, so let's go ahead and let's move on to movies. Uh, Movie, movies are That's, a good one. There's a lot of moms in there. There are a lot There's of a lot moms. of moms in there. Ah, shit. You know, when I sit and think, like, movie moms, I one of the first things that I think of is, like, like the parent trap. Or not not the parent trap. No. That's the wrong one. Uh, You're thinking of Freaky Friday? Freaky Friday. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and there's been Different multiple... Lindsay Lohan movies. Well, but there's been other iterations of it through yeah. through the years. It's been remade like three or four times. Uh, twice. Whatever. <laughs> I know way too much about Freaky Friday. You do. I actually really love the one you're talking about, right? You're talking but, about the remake, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's one of those things that's like, it kind of makes you realize you don't realize what they have to go through right. on a day-to-day basis. And it kind of makes you, you appreciate... 
Right. You know, your mom or the the, the parent appreciates and how great what a teenage is, goes through. It's Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie. Right. Right. Uh, Lindsay Lohan is good in it, too. Uh, nothing, uh, not to take anything away from Lindsay Lohan. She turned into a train wreck, but <laughs> she, she had some talent. Yeah, yeah, she had talent. And uh, I'm sure, I know she's done some movies in recent years and stuff. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. Uh, I'm hoping that talent carried over, but, you know, still, uh, Lindsay Lohan was great in this, too. But, yeah, more to what you were saying, talking about the mothers. Uh, yeah, she's great in that, and we do mm-hmm. get, like, a, a reveal behind the curtain and stuff and how difficult that world can be. Uh, another great example, uh, another fun example, is Mrs. Invincible. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like we're going to get a little more of the working mom aspect in yeah. uh, Invincible in too. Invincibles or, too. Not Invincibles. Uh, Incredibles. Yeah. Incredibles. I said Mrs. Invincible, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you uh, did. Shit. Anyways, Mrs. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah, but in that first movie, we do get to see uh, her home life and, and how she's dealing with being a mom. Uh, does she have a job in the beginning of that? I don't remember. I know uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. In incredible does in the first one no i'm pretty sure she's stay at home mom yeah and we get to see a little bit of uh of that and uh obviously she's a tough woman yeah. uh <laughs> elastic girl come on uh so yeah uh... you know i i, I, <laughs> I i'm really struggling coming up I with really like am too. meaningful movie moms i'm i'm drawn like i i just flashed uh alien through my brain i'm like nope no mom's there i mean i guess you could count nude as maybe a pseudo daughter type thing but no uh back to the future <laughs> <laughs> no no we're not gonna go there <laughs> we're not gonna go there Yep, nope, we're going to go ahead and skip right over back to the future. Uh, there's a whole lot of mom in that one, but not the way we want to talk about it. Uh, uh, like, I'm sitting here trying to think, okay, like, what movie franchise? Well, we got Aunt May again, I guess. Uh, we've had so many Aunt Several, Mays. well, uh, we've only had three. <laughs> it's only three. <laughs> and she's progressively younger each time. Yeah, um... And I can say that I've liked every single iteration of her. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I can't argue with any one of those castings. I can't. The first one, though, is always going to be my favorite. Really? And and honestly, that's just the way that she was portrayed. Like, the the actress, I feel like she did a great job portraying that older Aunt May. Well, you also have to think of, like... There are, there are three different Anne Mays. There's yeah. one who's an elderly woman. There's one who is in her midlife. She's reaching that age. Mm-hmm. And then there's one who, like... like in her 30s. It, yeah. <laughs> in her 30s, maybe early 40s. Um, but, yeah. So, so there's three very different generations, very different iterations. And with... Yeah, like you were saying, the first one from the uh, 2000s Spider-Man run. Uh, yeah, she she played that kindly old lady who... Uh, but she also played emotion very well. She yeah. wouldn't accept the rent money and well, stuff. That and, like, uh, in the second one, she was tough as all get out as well. Like, when, when Doc Ock yeah, yeah, got yeah, her. Yeah. 
Like, she was... She had some gumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To use one of her generation's phrases. Uh, but then you had the Amazing Spider-Man run, and uh, she was a little bit of both. She was uh, kind of, oh, what are you boys up to? Type, ah, boys will be boys. But then when Peter gets a little bit of a sour mouth, she's right in his face. Like, look, what are you... You son of a bitch. What do you think you're doing here? Uh, exact quote from the movie. Uh, no. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, you son of a bitch. And then, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Where do you get off? Fafanopoli. Goes <laughs> real Italian real quick. Um, no, uh, and then with the third one from Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, she's peppier. She's younger, and she has more energy and stuff. And you she could tell doesn't need a cane to get around. No, but you you can also tell that she's a little aged, and she's just trying to keep up with her younger ward here, more or yeah. less. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, very different Aunt Mays than those. All propel, uh, portrayed well for the very unique situations and unique generations and stuff. So that's that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, now all I can think of is Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> like like I was sitting here thinking, it's like, okay, what what movies have I seen? Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, is the mom in that at all? She is. And one one of the things that, like, and it's one of the few scenes that she's in, like, she's a big part of, is when the principal calls her at work. She's like, do you know that he has been absent nine times? And, like, they're having a conversation about it. She's like, I think I would know if my kid was sick nine times. And it's like, she's very stern with the principal holding her ground. And then he puts that seed of doubt, so she goes home to check to see if he's still there, falls for the elaborate trap of the mannequin in the bed. Right, right. But still, Classic. You know, she still, like, holds her ground, supports her kid, but still double checks just to make sure. Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to sit here and think, it's like, how many moms can I remember? Um... Oh, man, I just had this one. Oh, uh, Kirstie Alley from uh, Look Who's Talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I actually just watched Look Who's Talking 1 and 2 recently. God, it's and it's been so long since I've oh, seen Oh, they're, they're so good. You need to revisit them. They're on Hulu. Check them out. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, Kirstie Alley in, uh, in those movies, she... Puts up with a lot. She's a, In the first movie, she's in that very unique situation. Because if you remember, John Travolta is not the father of Mikey. Mm. Uh, he just kind of... He's, he's actually the cab driver. Uh, <laughs> see, because she she gets knocked up by her boss. And he kind of turns out to be a piece of shit. But this movie portrays all the different situations that a mother has to go through. From... Uh, conception to childbirth to a unique situation where there's a man who you're starting to have feelings for but he's not the father of your child and now all of a sudden the actual father wants to be a part of that kid's life and it's it's a very interesting series to go through and it's almost unfortunate that this is a comedy uh only because there are so many other levels i feel like kirstie alley could have hit 
Yeah. Uh, but given the environment of the film, it had to play a certain way. And it, it, she did a great job, and everything came out great and fun. But it, it's like, wow, what's on the other side of that? Like, uh, what, what's happening with the emotion here and stuff? Well, uh, and then the second movie is uh, her and John Travolta are having... Uh, marital difficulties and stuff and how that affects the kids and how that affects the mom being away from the man she loves but at the same time, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's a whole lot there in just two movies, just from one mom. Right. That's, you know, another one that I just kind of thought of was uh, the mom from the Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember her very much either. Why are you remembering moms that are mostly in the background? Well... (laughs) Is there something you want to talk about? <laughs> no, because like, I'm just trying to think of movies that I know I've seen multiple Is this where times. we're going to error parental? Uh, shit. I had like an N-word that's really fancy in my head and I forgot it. Negligence? Negligence, yeah. No. Is this where we're going to error parental negligence? No, not, okay. not in the slightest. Uh, it's just from the fact that you know, she she's dealing with, you know, we see the dealing with the current relationship and the ex husband. Uh, Was the, she the that prevalent involved. in the film? I don't remember well, her at all. Yeah, because yeah. like she kept telling us like, you know, this is going too far. You know, this isn't good for him. Like, you know, you going around parading a Santa Claus. Right. Uh, you know, they went to court over, like, him not being able to see the kid for a while. Uh, like, drop it, dropping the charges. Like, she actually had quite a lot to do with, like, what happened with the kid. Right. You know, not so much with him being Santa Claus. Don't know why I'm not, like, because I can remember everything with the kid. I can remember everything with, uh, oh, God. Because, like, okay, like, the, what is the actor's game. name? Uh, Tim Allen? No. Or the actor? The Santa Claus! Oh my god! I've been thinking of bad Santa this whole time. <laughs> Since you said oh the Santa Claus. We did a commoner's commentary on this, and for some right? reason I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. <laughs> so, now do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I felt like she was a shit. <laughs> I didn't like her very much. Well, she seems to make just ridiculous. She seems to be easily manipulated. I was say, she was manipulated a lot by Neil. Yeah, and it just she does not that she's a terrible mom or anything like that. It just seems like she's too easily swayed one way or the other. Yeah, and and I think we were joking about that in our commentary on it uh, at so. the end. It was like, oh. Yeah, he's Santa. <laughs> like that. He's Santa. Works for me. Burn the custody papers. <laughs> yeah. He 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 got me the uh, the mystery date game. Right. Yeah, you know, we're all good. Oh, uh, speaking of Santa Claus and mothers and stuff, what about Mrs. Claus in the uh, Rankin Bass uh, year without a Santa Claus? You remember her at all? Yeah, because Santa Claus decides he's done. He's going to take a year off. I don't want to do it. And then so she embarks on this whole journey. And you could argue maybe she's not a mom, but she's called Mrs. Claus. She's got all the elves and stuff. Like, she's very (laughs) mom-ly. 
you know. But yeah, she she takes it upon herself to go out and find out like why why is there no Christmas cheer? Why don't people believe in Santa Claus and stuff? And she she's the reason everyone starts believing in Santa Claus again and all that shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're not remembering this at all, are you? You're drawing a total blank. God, what? Do you, are you sure there's nothing you want to talk about from your childhood? No, it has been so long since I've watched any really? of those. Really? Oh my god, a yearly institution in my uh, in my life. My life, my house with my kids. Like, How are you not showing your kids the Rankin-Bass specials? I'm going to call child services. Because I can't get them to sit down without watching My Little Pony for 10 minutes for anything else. That's when you start screaming and smacking things. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that is not a belief held up by this podcast. I was just making a joke <laughs> before the comments start. Oh, uh, shit, there they are. Uh, we're not live. I'm, I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, I think CPS is now officially <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> welcome to the last episode of Sword of My Podcast. Uh, because where would it be without me? Probably better off. <laughs> it was just a lot random recordings. It was just, like Bob on the job site for like 12 seconds. <laughs> like, there's the new episode. <laughs> Like, yeah. So I read a comic this week. Just uploads that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So anything else? Any other? Uh, and, and we know, we know, we know, we know. We're messing a lot, and that's why the comments section exists. Go ahead and uh, comment down below any of your favorite TV moms, your favorite comic book moms, which I'm sure we missed a lot of. Uh, movie moms, which I know we missed a lot of. And uh, throw that down in those comments below. We'll probably respond and everything, and uh, we'll all have a good time. We'll all have a great time, and uh, we'll beat our kids for not watching Christmas specials. <laughs> Vinny will beat his kids for not watching Christmas specials. How do you think I got him to watch them in the first place? <laughs> no, God, no, no. I'm making more editing for myself, and I don't even know that I'm going to edit that out because it's funny. And now that I'm pointing out that it's funny, it's not funny anymore. So on to the next part of this podcast. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, we're going to go ahead and treat you guys to uh, some people that are very important in our lives. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. yes. Dark Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, we uh, we actually got some interviews with all of our moms here on the podcast. Miss Sue Howard, Angela Odell, and Cheryl Addington. I, I wanted to say Collins so bad. I was thinking Bob's last name. I wanted to say Collins. I knew it because I'm friends with her on Facebook. Although, yeah. I got to say, I'm proud of you for actually giving all three of those names. All three of them? Well, I've been exposed to one of them for about 30 years now. Two of them, or one of them for about 15 years now, and the other one for about 10 years now. So, yeah, I, I feel like I've got a little bit of clout. <laughs> because honestly, if I've only met you like once or twice, like, I'm gonna fucking forget who you are, your name, everything. I meet so many people who apparently know me. And I, I like to, nowadays, I like to think, they know me from the podcast. I just put that in my head, and I'm like, yeah, let's keep doing it. <laughs> but, uh, but really, I probably met them at a party when I was shit-based at one point, and they remember me. I do not remember them. <laughs> <laughs> 
so from there, let's uh, let's go into a few interviews we got with our moms. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't play this out the way that we wanted to, but we did get all three interviews. So first up, we're going to go ahead and jump into an interview with uh, Dr. T. Neal and my mom. Uh, is that the appropriate, is that the grammatical way to say it? Dr. T. Neal and I's mom. I think the better way to say it is, I did your mom. Yeah, all right, well. We're going to have a very long talk. But while we do that, here's that interview. Hello, everyone. James Little, Alpha Spectre here with our special Mother's Day interview with Vincent and Dr. T. Neal's mother, Sue. Hello. We're just going to go ahead and jump right into this. So, Sue, a little bit about your kids, Vinny and Travis. What was raising them like? Very adventurous. (laughs) (laughs) Especially come teen years, you should know that. You ran with them. (laughs) When they were little, they... uh, they, they were quite the characters, always getting into something, always something new popping up, no adventurous, so <laughs> never boring. Oh, I, I don't doubt that. <laughs> uh, so when did you notice them starting to get into comics and superheroes and nerdy stuff like that? Well, of course, Vinny being the oldest one, he, uh, I'd say by the time he was three, he was into a little everything. Because um, we started him off on things like Nintendo and stuff like that right from the get-go. He'd be in a basket on the floor watching. Next thing you know, he'd be joining in, you know, after he got about a year and a half, two years old. And by the time he was three, he was into a little, just about a little everything come that he could get his hands on for videos. And then he'd start off with, like, Ninja Turtles. God, superheroes. He just loved them all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Batman, Superman, and, you know, things like that. You know, later on in life, uh, Spider-Man, when he became bigger, you know, and just all kinds of stuff like that. And Travis, he, uh, when he came along, he just kind of, like, automatically, you know, was throwing all these toys to play with. So I'd say with him, it started off even earlier, you know, as far as the superheroes and stuff go. Uh, so, so what kind of character groups did they kind of latch on to? As in, like, like were they more prone to like the Ninja Turtles or like the Batman, Superman stuff like that? Which did you see them? Which did you notice them spending like more time with? At first, Ninja Turtles. They really were big time on those. Um, of course, that's back when they were little. That's when it all first started coming out, you know, big time in the stores. So they had to have Ninja Turtle everything. And then I'd say after that, it was more like Batman, mm-hmm. starting to get into Batman a lot. So what are your honest thoughts for their love of comics and heroes and all this nerdy stuff in their adult lives? <laughs> well, I've had different people ask me that question over the years, <laughs> even family. They're like, oh, Lord, your kids are geeks. I'm like, I know it. I ain't a cool. <laughs> so, but, uh. Yeah, you know, I guess that kind of spears from the fact that I was never really geeky. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I was growing up, I was more the hippier kind of person right. and ran with bikers and stuff. But they, somehow, it just, the life I had built around them, they automatically were into it all. So, I had to face the fact as they got older that that was going to be 
what they wanted to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem with it. I think that it's great, you know, like Ben when he started his comic shop and everything. Mm -hmm. I was 100% behind it. Travis, he's, he was always into art and music and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of people consider that to be geeky. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I was 100% supporter, you know, go for it. This is what you're great at. You're astonishing. I mean, Travis's first art was liked by the time he was in Head Start and drew a little tiny blocks together and made a dinosaur. And they started hanging it around in the uh, museums and stuff up in Medina County. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of a given that they were, you know, going to be doing this stuff all along. And... I love it. I think they're cool. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so switching the focus a little bit to you in, in your younger years or your adult life or anything like that, have you ever had any interest in geek culture? I'd say as far as, you know, maybe the art area, but I never really got into a lot of the different things that these guys do. For one, we didn't have computers mm -hmm. around for years. Uh, so, you know, it was more radio, music, stuff like that, you know. For instance, I grew up with eight brothers, and, you know, I always wanted to be a mechanic, Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and fly airplanes. That was what I wanted to grow up and do. So, unfortunately, life took me in a different direction, and I don't regret it, you know, but at the same time, I'd love to have had that career. Right. So maybe that could have been my geeky side there, there you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, and there, there's a, a big following out there. I know for, like, aircrafts, like, people collect the model planes. They, some people build kind of a, a nerd culture out of, like, the models and knowing every little fact about all that. So, I mean, yeah. that could definitely be considered kind of a, a nerd following or geeky following that you would have had. Right. So, were there ever any superheroes at all that ever stood out to you or kind of appealed to you at any point? Well, I, of course, I'm like everybody else, you know, on the female end. You know, you like the, the female ones, you know. And I loved Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, that was a biggie. She had her own show, everything, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, still to this, get, to this day... I love Wonder Woman <laughs> and Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong with one that. One from each side of the tracks. <laughs> Absolutely. So one last question here. Outside of comics and superhero stuff like that, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit. What else would you consider yourself kind of a big nerd for? Crafts, I guess, as an adult now. <laughs> I, uh, I get into making a lot of things, but I raised the kids doing that too. So... Uh, nowadays, I still, that's why I have a table set up in there. I'm sorting out some things out of my way so I can start bringing out my art. And I'll be making a little everything to sell. So like, so what kinds of stuff are you going to be making? Like, what kind of crafts uh, do you do? Well, I, uh, I do a lot of rock art. I do bohemian dream catchers. Okay. I do, uh, um, I do painting on, like, well, for instance, you know how they have the handle-type cutting boards? Mm -hmm. I do art on those. Oh, okay. And so uh, a lot of people like those. I even do tic-tac-toes on them. Yeah. Kids are crazy about it. So <laughs> depends on what picture you put on there. So. 
Well, definitely thank you for taking some time to chat with me about some of your nerdy history and the boys' nerdy histories and all that. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And I think you have some real honest discussions to have with your wife. If you're going to be my new stepdad, there are a lot of things that need to change Well, here. if I'm going to be but your new stepdad, then you're going to be changing a few things, too. I refuse to call Abby my sister. I refuse. Well, you're just going to have to start now. Well, uh, ugh, all right. You know, we don't fucking have time for this. We're going to... All right. You know, sorry you guys had to hear that, but we're going to go ahead and get into the next interview here. Uh... You'll be lucky to make it to the next episode. Here's the You'll interview. Be lucky if you're not grounded, here's the, next the interview with this son of a bitch's mom. All right, guys, I am sitting here today with the illustrious Mama Specter, Angela Odell. Angie, thank you so much for joining me for this interview. Pleasure to be here. Okay, so we we've got a few uh, pre-selected questions here. I'm gonna go through with you. First of all, what was it like raising a young Odell? Oh my goodness. Jimmy was always a treat. How can I describe raising James? You was always on the edge of your seat with that child, let me tell you. Oh, really? Oh, yes. The things that he would come up with, the things that he would do. He was just a very imaginative child. What would you say is probably the most uh, out there thing that he he came up with in his youth? Oh my goodness. The most <laughs> out there thing that he came up with. Well, when he was young, he uh, discovered that he liked to perform in front of audiences. So he uh, he was quite the ham. <laughs> and uh, he was actually good at it. I think that's uh, part of his gift to being able to talk to people that he doesn't know. Um, yeah, he, uh, he always has been uh, a very forward person when it comes to uh being social and everything he's the he's the one who got us involved with tricon i hadn't even thought well, of it go. yeah uh and it, it was just he just wanted to go talk to him and do an interview with him and it just cascaded from there right uh now when did you notice him starting to get into comics and superheroes nerdy things in general well Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in 1987, and so did Jimmy. So <laughs> that's, um, that's a good way to benchmark that one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um, he was into the Ninja Turtles right off the bat, and the Power Rangers. I think those were his two major shows that he would watch on TV and all the little figures and oh yeah well, he's I'm, still got quite a few of those ninja turtles too i've seen <laughs> we've dug through i am collection. still finding power ranger figures upstairs so <laughs> <laughs> yeah now what are your honest thoughts on his love for comics cartoons and stuff like that now in his adult life his love for comics that i mean everyone has to have a passion and i honestly believe that it's not something that's hurting anyone or anything as long as you take care of your family, right, take care right. of your household, you know, then anything you do on the side is, you know, it's gravy. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to be having any trouble doing that. And uh, he's, no. <laughs> he's buys plenty of the books to prove it. 
Uh, oh yeah. Oh my God, his um his collection of omnibuses, which are basically the the big collected editions, uh, hardcovers mm-hmm. and stuff that he barely reads. He's so many of those he hasn't even touched. <laughs> and right. I would know. I helped him organize that room. So. <laughs> yeah, I still have to finish making his uh, curtains for that room. Oh, okay. So you're the one who made the curtains then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was wondering if you bought them. I thought maybe Tiffany had made yeah. them or something. Uh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, Mama O did. Yeah. Speaking of Mama O, switching focus to you. Uh, have you ever had any interest in uh, any of the geek culture stuff? No, not really. My biggest interest growing up was vehicles. I could pretty much tell you any kind of car rolling down the street what it was almost what year it was and if you, you have happen a, to yeah you have a, a lot of uh, experience working on cars too don't you i do yeah. did you notice what happened to jimmy's car when he went to rock on the range one year yes <laughs> it got, i remember that it got turned into the iron man car <laughs> yeah I keep telling them, I'm like, I know it doesn't need replaced, but you you should probably just, like, you know, replace the panels on the doors, too. <laughs> just uh, finish it up. Uh, but, yeah, no, it, we, we've had a good laugh over that a time or two. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I thing's just, falling I thought it would be, well, yeah, it, it's falling apart, but it's, it's been a very good one for him, and yeah. I had fun putting it together for him, so, you know. <laughs> I know he enjoys his comics, and... Sometimes I'm an enabler for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I think the sheer amount of Ninja Turtles and Power Ranger figures uh, can attest to that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, were there any superheroes, though, that stood out to you at all or any you ever took notice of? Um... In my day, I was always outside. I never stayed in the house. I didn't play with Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> Tomboy? I was always on the go. Yeah, pretty much tomboy. I like playing <laughs> sports and, you know, doing what everyone else thought they could do, but I always tried to do it. Always running with the pack. Pretty much. <laughs> or the pack running with me. <laughs> right. Uh, I think you and my mom would get a- along. I still haven't heard her interview yet, but uh, I-, I have to imagine it went pretty <laughs> similarly. Uh uh, she was she was always out romping and and raising hell and stuff. Yeah, we would probably be a pair. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right, Angie. Well, that is going to conclude all my questions. Uh, anything else you wanted to add uh, for this special Mother's Day episode? I just want to say that I think what you boys are doing is great. Um, keep it up. Uh, you got thank a pretty you. Good audience. Well, we we figured uh, we were getting together. Uh, roughly every two weeks and just talking about comics anyways so uh why mm-hmm. not make a show out of it <laughs> so. why not i'm sorry man it's just you know everything the way it's been with my actual dad and i have a stepdad and i, I it, it's okay I just, sport we'll, we'll get through you've been together. like a brother to me how you go from brother to dad it's just like, It'll be an easy transition. I We're want, still going to be best buds. I know. And I just want you to know that I love you through all this, through whatever's going to happen. We'll, and, we'll get through it together, buddy. And, you know, uh, we uh, we love everyone else. We love you guys who are listening, to. I'm sorry you've had to hear all this drama this episode. It's insane. But uh, another person we love, Boba Fett, 
Mr. Bobbert Collins himself, and uh, we also love his mom, Cheryl, and, and here's the great interview I got with her. My only one suggestion to y'all mm-hmm. is no more drunken in the car podcast. That was insane. <laughs> I I enjoyed it, but only because I know y'all. Yeah. But somebody who doesn't would have gone, Jesus, what's with these guys? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was fun. I, I don't think our sober ones are that much better either, because we just did the, um, I actually just finished doing the Avengers Infinity War review, mm. and, uh, uh... I'm going Monday, so no no spoilers. Oh, there are so many spoilers in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I won't listen. I haven't heard it Well, we, we always try and do a spoiler-free. There's about a 20-minute yeah. spoiler-free version, and then the rest of it is all spoilers. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I got that done, and that was just me and Travis, and that one is still even like all over the place i am so geeked and so excited but yet i dread going because i know there's people that we lose in that i mean they have to yeah but uh, i know the canon and i also know that some of those people's contracts are up so yeah i'm going oh do i really want to (laughs) go yeah we're going tomorrow night uh, yeah. little little preview from our review. We're basically calling this the greatest superhero sequel of all time yeah. because yeah. as a movie on its own, it does not like stand on its own. You have to yeah, watch to... the other stuff. Yeah, or at least I saw I the one thing I did read, and I was they said this is not a spoiler, but you should read it before you go if you don't know the canon. And it did a whole history of. You know who's in the movie and what their back yeah. story is, and what all those little Easter eggs that we've seen for years lead to, and then it sets you off. And it was an excellent—I I think I saw it on uh, Instagram, maybe or something—but it was awesome. Yeah. I thought because I had forgotten some of that stuff, but yeah. Anyways, here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's I go ahead. You, and, uh, I told we'll, you I ramble. So. That's all right. Uh, we do it on the show, anyways. <laughs> so, well, I'm Bob's just, mom. Come on, you we're know. We're just keeping in routine here. Uh, yeah. So my first question for you is, uh, what was it like raising a young Bobbert Collins? <laughs> Who was Robbie when he was little? <laughs> um, he'll hate me for that. <laughs> yeah. Honest, Vin, it was like an e-ticket ride at Disney World, you know, or Disneyland. It was, well, he was being the only boy. He was anticipated, and it was exciting raising him. He was a, a crazy, fun, sweet young boy. But it was exciting and thrilling and sometimes scary. But when we, you know, when you get off the ride, it's one of those you want to get right back on again. Right. So that's kind of the way. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of that I could compare it to. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd say because some of the stories he's told on uh, <laughs> serious shit alone, uh, yeah, I would have bet, just putting myself in a parent perspective, I, oh, man, that, that sounds like a ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, he comes by that honest, you know. Yeah. Most of the people in our family are that way. <laughs> and they're risk takers and... But he was the daredevil of the yeah. bunch. When when did you notice him starting to get into comics, superheroes, nerdy things like that? Fairly early. Like I said, he came by it honest. And uh, my sister was uh, the first 
helped develop the first American pop culture department at Bowling Green State University. Oh, cool. And, yeah. I mean, she has, her story alone is amazing. So we cut, he kind of was born into a family that was extremely nerdy in so many ways. But um, I think when we took him to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he was about three, and um, we took him to the theater, and oh, my God, you know, this, you could see his eyes just light up. Right. And he had a speech impediment at three, so <laughs> it was the Teeny Moochit Ninja Kittles. <laughs> and that continued for a few years. And then he really started getting into Batman and all the other superheroes, probably around seven or eight, I suppose. So, yeah, but Ninja Turtles were, those were his first. First love, his yeah. first fandom. I think that goes across the board for all of us on this podcast. Uh, maybe not Travis so much uh, as he was past that generation. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. All I know, Odell was huge on him. I know I loved him. So, uh, well, this was this was also a, a little boy who was read things like um, uh, Greek and Roman mythology and no and shit. all kinds of. Stuff like that when he was little, yeah, oh yeah, Black Elk <laughs> speaks. I mean, I don't know if he ever talks about that, but he, um, that was his his passion. By the time he was in like third grade, he knew the, everything about mythology you could imagine. Wow, and, uh, I need and to of step course, my game up. I've just been yeah. having all these goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, my background is in cultural anthropology and. Of course, and I had a sister who was in pop culture until she decided to go into medicine. But um, so he was—he read some really bizarre stuff when he was little. But I think it fed into that—that that fascination with superheroes and magic and yeah, you know, modern those, mythology. Other, yeah, and yeah. other world. And uh, I was a great follower and and student of Campbell's work and so I was always you know spoon feeding him Joseph Campbell's philosophy about superheroes and modern myth and stuff like that so wow. that's really yeah. cool no I did not know that about him yeah okay you actually kind of blazed through about two of my questions right there <laughs> yeah well uh, when would you say that you first started getting involved in the geek culture like taking it back before Bob when I was a kid, I was uh, my dad traveled for a living. He was a he he designed restaurant, mostly kitchens, but restaurants. He was a designer, and so I was homeschooled uh, back in the day when they didn't call it homeschooling; they called it correspondence school. And um, I had to mail all of my work into the main school in Chicago, and I, I was it was at a time when, in the late '60s, early '70s, when the Jackson Five and all of the, the all celebrities were schooled through the same schooling system, huh. and uh, so I had a lot of free time because my parents did travel, and um, you know, it, as a young kid, I lived in hotels in Las Vegas and got to hang out with um, celebrities and and strippers. So you know, it was very diverse, <laughs> but I had a lot of time, and my mother was. Um, avid about reading and I read everything but then I got my hands on you know comics 
And it wasn't really until I went to college when I was about 16 that I got into underground comics, which oh, I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with. Yeah, like Trots and Bonnie and Cheech Wizard and <laughs> all of those. And that was my passion for years. But with my sister, uh, there's only two of us. They are, there were two of us siblings. Her influence was was extreme because she was a Disney freak. I mean, total Disney freak. Um, although she did a lot of really cool things in her life. Like she uh, she was one of the writers in the, I think it was the second or third season of Saturday Night Live. She went and did her summer internship in New York with them. Oh, that's So awesome. she was around, yeah, she was around Belushi and, and Gilda Radner and Chevy Chase and all of the originals. Yeah. And so... Her influence on me, I mean, she opened up a whole new world to me. Doctor Who, when I was a kid, and I'm still a hardcore Whovian, which you may already know. But yeah, it was, I mean, my whole life. So it's not surprising that Bob has a passion. All of my kids do, but he has probably taken it the farthest. Yeah, um, well, uh, I'll say it till the end of time, uh, this whole podcast was pretty much born out of Bob. We grew it on the back of the thing that I had been doing for so long, but I honestly didn't even start listening to podcasts until a month before we got started because we started talking about doing a podcast. So, Well, I think it was great. Yeah. He he really helped us uh, find a new new outlet, and uh, it's become one of our main ones. So. Well, that's that's the coolest thing about being a nerd is that you really need to share it with somebody. I mean, right. I think there's there's a little bit of a little bit of closet teacher in all of this, <laughs> and you want to share it. You want to expand other people's knowledge about. It. That's why I have a nerd corner in my shop, yeah. and actually, that that's where I'm at right now. Um, I have all this really cool, funky cultural stuff, but then the whole back corner is nerd i even have a tardis which i kind of wish we're not <laughs> yeah. i believe not bob's told me about that yeah. yeah and we've got everything a huge huge harry potter section we got a huge avengers and batman section but um you know the thing is that i bob's even still today as far away as we are from each other he'll call me and we'll sit and talk nerdy stuff for two hours on the phone because <laughs> it's just that innate desire and need to share the magic of that with somebody yeah and so i think the podcast is like so necessary and so good and i love i love just turning it on i get to not only hear my kid but i get to hear all of you and your excitement yeah we we really have uh uh grown into our own with this whole thing and uh I think it's I think it's going to keep going for a while. I really hope so. Bob, with his uh, current scheduling problems, might have to drop in and out again. But uh, yeah, or we need to get him a really good laptop or something that you know you can include him via Skype or something else. Yeah, because uh, he he will miss it, and that's not uh, you know something he takes lightly. No, no, he he never really has. It's just one of those things, you know. What what can he do? Yep. We all got to work, and none of us are getting yep. paid for this yet. So, yep. And you got to feed your kids. But yeah. hey, you know, if uh, the nerdist can make millions, so can you. 
Yeah, uh, they started in the attic of a comic book store, so why can't we start yep. in the back of, uh, well, actually, we started in my kitchen. So. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. As long as it's not in the car, I'm good with it. Or, no, 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 we started <laughs> up in uh, Odell's nerd room. Yeah, the car. Yeah, the car. <laughs> I um, had to laugh, Vinny. I really did. You guys were hilarious. Well, we figured, like, we could do it right then and there, right after the movie, or we could spend all this time driving back to my place or Odell's place or wherever, just, like, you know, we could get it done or, uh, you know, do all that driving. But, yeah, and even that's become a a problem for everyone uh, because we don't get out of those movies until, like, 9.30, and then we've got, like, an hour and a half recording after that, so, yeah. Well, and the thing was that from an audience perspective, your afterglow was still so strong. I think that's why we like doing that is because, yeah, uh, yeah, we could sit and and wait a week and and do it that way. Or we could just come right out of the box with whatever's like freshest in our minds, because later on, that's going to be the thing that stands out. Not this little thing we thought of like four hours later, you know. Yeah, well, just don't be so drunk the next time, or whatever. Uh, We're trying to cut down on that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Hey, I've been trying for decades. Yeah, right. It's coming. But Um, yeah, I I love that. I love that. And I actually had seen it before you did. You guys did. Oh yeah. I got really tickled because Uh, I love that movie. That was the Black Panther. Was the yes. last one we all did together? Yes, yeah. and I loved that movie. By I the mean, time this comes out, like all of that's uh, going to be inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, probably. But you know what? I, uh, from a cultural anthropologist viewpoint, yeah. that was the best ever oh, of the superhero film. movies because they took such care in making sure that the African presentation was correct yeah. and it was i was just blown away and i kept poking jim saying look 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 you know <laughs> but, yeah they did a, a fantastic job with their afrofuturism in that that movie and just yeah. taking care of the characters in general uh they really yes, raised it, the stakes and, and acknowledging traditional african culture it they were phenomenal yeah and i came out of there extremely Extremely geeked, and of course, I have a biracial daughter who is fourteen, and she's always, you know, tried to stay away from self-identifying as a black person, even though she does. She's not terribly proud of it. Even during the Obama administration, she oh, was wow. proud, but you know, but we live in an area that is mostly white, and yeah. so she kind of keeps it down low, low key. And doesn't emphasize it. After she saw that movie, it changed. It changed how she felt about herself. It changed how she presented herself to other people. It was amazing. That is I was so like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. So, you know, I'm all, I'm all in for Black Panther. And I wasn't overly familiar with the canon, but afterwards I thought, oh, we're going to have to get into this a little more. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you had started with, uh, before you got into the underground comics, you started with regular comics. Um, yeah. What superheroes stood out to you in general? I assume you started with, like, the big names. 
Well, honey, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, as a y- really young kid. I was born yeah. in 57. Everybody read comics. I mean, you could still go down to the drugstore or the Five and Dime and, and buy comics. Big names of superheroes, yeah, Superman, Batman, um, Captain America, big time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I was more into girly stuff like um, Archie comics and stuff that <laughs> okay. I related to a little more. It wasn't until I got a little bit older. I didn't have brothers, okay? And my yeah. dad was uh, traveled all the time, so I really didn't get influence. But when I started hanging out with my cousins... I have a cousin who is the same age I am, who is now actually the editor of the Detroit News. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. He kind of turned me on to, he was into Superman big time. And of course, I leaned a little more towards Batman and Wonder Woman. And uh, I would say I was about eight or nine, maybe. So all the big names, all the original classics. Aquaman, even then, when I, I don't know when Aquaman actually was. Uh, introduced but uh, he always fascinated me Uh, i've always found aquaman's origins like outside of the comics just like how he got started and came to popularity very interesting because yeah comparatively to wonder woman and batman and superman it just doesn't seem to be that same magic behind the character the those same laurels that would really pull you in Mm -hmm. Uh, and even after that, he became a big joke up until, like, maybe this past ten years when they actually started putting some effort into writing him. Yeah, and they, and they got a good on-screen presentation. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for a hunkier Aquaman. <laughs> that I that always, is not Aquaman, though. That, like, <laughs> I should point out, like, whatever's going on in the comics before or after, that has never been Aquaman. <laughs> oh, heavens is... no. He was a skinny little... You know. Yeah, that is Momoa Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, well, for us but it was female, good. It was fun for us female fans. That's quite all right. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, now, outside of comics and superheroes and stuff like that, what else were you like really into? What did you geek out for? Oh, everything. You know, I'm a I'm a '60s '70s kid. So, and like I said, the pop culture was really prominent yeah the music scene alone oh my god yes and still is when i was in high school i gotta say i was probably about well because i was correspondent schooled or homeschooled i could have graduated from high school when i was 15 but my dad being the nazi that he was um, insisted that I go and learn to socialize with kids my own age so they put me back in a regular high school in florida uh, for my senior year. And, of course, I was suspended and expelled all the time. They had to attach me to the girl's dean, make me work for her so I'd stay out of trouble. But uh, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to the boundaries. And having that freedom when I was a kid or a teenage, young teenager of not having a schedule and being exposed to things all over the country and sometimes all over the world i would take my mom my mom would go with me to see people like elton we saw elton john together we saw david bowie together she went with me to see yes and you know some of the big names and she was really cool about it because i couldn't i wasn't old enough to go by myself 
and I couldn't drive, of course. So she would go with me, and a couple of them she would drop me off and and then come back and get me after the concert. But seeing my mother sit there and really get into David Bowie and everybody smoking pot around us, and you know, and I'm thinking, oh God, here I am, a kid with my mother. But nah, it was cool. It was very cool. (laughs) So you know, whatever was out there. I was interested in. I was a uh, late in the game hippie, you know, as far as um, time-wise, because I was born in '57. So the, by the time I was of legal age to be out and about, you know, that era was almost over. But uh, I went to Bowling Green my first stint in college, and of course, I uh, American pop culture was something I wanted to take and. The only professor available was my sister, and oh my gosh, that was not <laughs> that was not good. She was so mean to me. Yeah, I, you know, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot not being in regular school. So, you know, I was ahead of the game, but I was open to anything. Still am. I mean, I'm 61 years old, and you know, I think that, uh, yeah, whatever it is, you know, bring it on. I'll, Cool. Yeah. These days, it's a little harder as as I'm starting to find out because there's so much and so many ways to get it all at once, and so it gets a little overwhelming. Um, I I've gotten to a point where a lot of times when I'm writing for the show or uh, I'm working on really on anything on my computer, I've got a show or a movie or something going on just so I can keep up. Because uh, yeah. if I tried to do these things separately, either work would never get done or I would never watch another TV show again. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the best invention ever was um, Chet. I just had a brain fart. Streaming um, services and yeah, well, Netflix streaming and stuff ser- like that? Yeah, well, Netflix and, and being able to record you know, yeah. on your TV because... Yeah, if I had my way, I would just like veg out, you know, bring me coffee, bring me beer and cigarettes and I'm good. I'll sit here and watch anything ever. So, you know, all the stuff that is current, I think we watch because um, we have it on demand or we have it on on Netflix, whatever. And plus we live in this like this time where superhero shows are so alive and yeah. there's so many options out there, so many things you never thought you'd see. And so and I'm that, trying to take as much in as I can. <laughs> yes, and they have gone from pandering to young people to adult storylines. And, you know, and I think for those of us who, who are baby boomers, especially, that grew up with comics and are familiar with those characters from their origins, having these more well-written more in-depth adult storylines are a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cheryl, I've really enjoyed this chat. Well, thanks, <laughs> Ben. I miss seeing you. Yeah. Uh, well, you're all the way out there in Michigan now, and uh, uh, I, I had forgotten that when we were trying to put this all together. <laughs> yeah, we're way up there in Michigan. We're yeah. up by Traverse City. Oh, wow. But... Uh, Spring is finally hit. We still have a few sm- snow piles on the ground, but the flowers are blooming, and this is heaven in the summer. I mean, mm-hmm. really heaven. So you or any of your listeners are welcome to come up and visit. Just yeah. give me a heads up. We you have said, 20 uh, acres. You said you had a shop up there. You want to plug that real quick? 
Yeah, it's called Nijmaqua Traders. It's in Bear Lake. Nijmaqua means two bears, so it's two bears traders. It is a the coolest shop in northern Michigan, and I've had other people <laughs> call it that. It's awesome. just a, a cultural treasure trove, and from things from all over the world, we try to stick with things that are handmade, and we support artist co-ops from everywhere, everywhere from Siberia to Bali to, you know, native communities here locally, and I have an amazingly cool nerd corner. We call it, you know, the, the uh, fandom corner, hmm. technically. But me, it's with great love, the nerd corner. So if you're ever up this way, you know, like I said, I got 20 acres out in the woods. You can pitch a tent and come <laughs> hang out. We're five miles from Lake Michigan. Beautiful beaches. Holy shit, that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. And the great Sleeping Bear Dunes are just up the road a piece. And, and uh, Traverse City, which is a resort town, it's Awesome. That's where they have the big film festival that Michael Michael Moore puts on every year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been and a while they, since I heard of that one. I, uh, yeah. I'm glad it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's growing. And we have the International Cherry Festival and lots of good fun stuff to do. So awesome. Michigan's place to be in the in the summertime. There you Not go, sort of mites. Hit it up. Yep, but but not during football season. Although up way up here in northern Michigan, they're they're not Michigan fans. They are Michigan State fans. So. Oh, I, I like to think that we have people listening outside of Ohio, but that's, uh, you might. Yeah, that's me being optimistic. Hey, uh, I'm a hardcore Buckeye, and during football season, I wear my Buckeye necklace, and nobody <laughs> nobody hassles me. Yeah. So we're cool. All right. Well, uh, Cheryl, thank you very much for doing this with us. Uh, since this is coming out on the day, happy Mother's Day. Well, bless your heart. Thank you. <laughs> and happy Mother's Day to everybody else out there. Yeah. Happy Mother's right. Day. Man, she she can really – she's got the gift of gab. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining us for this very special Mother's Day episode of Sort of My Podcast. We've had some ups and downs, good times, bad times. Uh, I really didn't know if we would make it there, Odal. I really didn't. And then uh, things came back uh, around, and uh, I'm just really glad you're in my life. Uh, I'm really, really glad that uh, we're going to be seeing a new paradigm shift in this thing called friendship. It's... It's going to take some getting used to, buddy, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, you know what, sport, we can do it. Oh, I wonder what Travis is going to think about all this. We haven't even talked to him yet. But uh, before we do that, guys, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that bell below. If you want to know when the newest episodes go up, new videos, anything like that, comment your thoughts on today's interviews. And, uh, again, your favorite TV moms, comic moms, movie moms, we know we missed a lot Shut up about it. I haven't even read a comment about it yet, and I'm already furious. Uh, and, of course, please share this episode on social media. Uh, again, the only way we can make this grow is, one, money, which is our bag, and two, exposure, which we, we got a little bit of that covered, but we need your help there, too. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. James Odell, Alpha Spectre. And let's cue that nurturing, motherly outro music. 
I said, yeah. I got the two words mixed up. <laughs> Nourishing outro music. <laughs> the news. That was delicious. Mm, I can't find the mouse. <laughs> it made all those noises.